Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Ruffett. How are we doing today, Chris? Well, Jesse, it's almost time for us to have mutants in our hands, so I'm pretty happy. Absolutely same. Yeah, we're very excited about this wave for numerous reasons. And it's exciting to talk about this wave today for the first time in full on the podcast. Of course, if you're looking for our, our reactions and our discussions about Shadow King and Nightcrawler, and, and Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat in particular. Go back a little bit, listen to our mini extravaganza, Deep Dives, right, where we covered every single card reveal in that, including things like Nightcrawler and his amazing tactic card, which I'm very excited about, Mass Transit, where he gets to move a bunch of people up the map, and then he gets a stagger, right? I'm very, very excited for Nightcrawler in this yeah. game. Yeah, I say that because we're not going to cover him today, so if you want to hear yeah. our thoughts on that stuff definitely check that out this is a news update but it's a news update picking up since mini stravaganza so we're picking up on everything that we've missed since mini stravaganza because amg came back and they started giving us content again to chew on and look at perfect timing too because we're gonna have these models in our hands in a month it's an exciting time it feels like the layover is kind of over you know i know i know we got some stuff yeah when was mini stravaganza feels like it was a year ago right but it wasn't it was just (laughs) in the fall right yeah it's in the fall every year i don't know this Holiday season into February tends to be pretty slow with AMG, and that's fine. They deserve a break, and so do we. Yeah. But by the end of that break, I'm always excited for the changing of seasons. It's going to be a very exciting, busy time in MCP, and not too long. So everybody get braced. Get ready. Absolutely. Get your mind right. <laughs> get your mind right before Professor X and Shadow King arrive. Mind wipes it, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. 
So we're going to get all into all this today and return to our format of our news update. But before we do that, we have some people to thank real quick. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. And while you are there, do me a huge favor. Use the discount code FURY5 for a cool 5% off. It helps us. It helps you. Get your mutants. Get your Wakandan pre-orders in. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. And I don't know if we say it enough, but our code works on everything on Mr. Laser's website. So if you're getting some MCP and you're also maybe a Shatterpoint player or, or maybe a player of a different game system, you can throw that stuff in your card as well. And our code will work on that. So Mr. Laser has been gracious enough to give us not only this Fury 5 on MCP and like card sleeves and stuff, but just everything he carries. So it means pretty a lot incredible. to use the code. Yeah, pretty incredible. And most important is you guys remember to use it and get yourself a discount. But speaking of discounts, iWarGame makes the best mats for MCP in the business. We highly recommend checking them out at iWarGame.net. Use the code FFPODCAST to get 10% off all of your orders of mats, which I think is incredible. And shout out to iWarGame while we're here. iWarGame played at LVO, got best X-Men player at the event. So well done. My heart well is happy. Well done. We're very proud of you. Absolutely. So shout out to N. Young for doing well. And go support them. These two sponsors mean a lot to us, and we use them every game night, that being Mr. Laser and iWarGame. And we want you to use them as well. So please check out their website and let them know we sent you by using our codes. And it means a lot. Most importantly of all, our patrons support Furious Finest at patreon.com slash Furious Finest. If you enjoy our show and would like access to our private Discord community, consider supporting us at one of the tiers. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. We've got a new big year coming. We've got a lot of goals for this year. We think we might be able to meet some of these goals, but we can only do it with you guys' support of the Patreon. So if you maybe have been on the fence over the years, jump on the Patreon. It's totally worth it just for the getting in the Discord alone. And then the fact that you guys directly support everything we do here. Like I said in the last couple episodes, over the last year, we've really continued to improve the production, all the things around the show to make the episodes as best we can. And that's because of the patrons. So you guys have actively helped us pay our subscriptions for software and hosting and all these sorts of things behind the scenes so it means a lot and patrons are still with us thank you for doing so but yeah we got some goals we want to make it to some events this year and stuff and maybe we can do that through the patreon it would be really really wonderful and we thank you guys for all the support you've given us thus far and speaking of that we have a patron of the week chris we have someone new to thank robert s thank you so much robert for becoming a patron thank you robert and as always, we've got to thank the heavy hitters. These are the Avenger level producers. Rich and Sean, thank you so much, guys. Thank you guys so much. You help us keep everything running. All right, Chris, let's get into this main content today of our news update. February 2024, starting right at the gate, the very exciting character coming to Marvel Christ Protocol. We were excited before I even saw his card. I'm currently in the middle of rereading that cable run. It's Bishop. It's Lucas Bishop. The cable run. Interesting. Not his most good guyiest of times. Not at all. Villain Bishop. Yeah. And that's, he's got the, he's got the chrome dome, got the bald head there. So this version of Bishop we're getting in MCP is clearly the, you know, classic X-Men 92 kind of look The this early nineties Claremont moving into the image guys, you know, that that's kind of the era most of our mutants are in. So 
no exceptions here, and I am extremely excited to present to you, Bishop. He's got a defensive line of Love three it. physical, four energy, and three mystic. Six health on his front side, five health on his injured side, size two medium movement on a small base. He is a four threat character. Jesse, I'm liking that four energy defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's good that he has one of these because he is a four threat. I guess a mark against him Mm -hmm. is we'll just talk about how he has five stamina on the back, only giving him 11. Yeah. What's weird about this is this is like a three threat stat line because, you know, a lot of three threats have like one that's above the curve, right? Think of Baron Zemo. Think of Miss Marvel. Yeah. You know, think of Red Guardian, right? Mm -hmm. And this is like their health pool as well. So I love the energy because once again, energy is still the least represented defense in the game. So it's nice to see it, but kind of wary about his 11 stamina. That is one of the first things that popped out to me whenever they revealed this card was not just the 11 stamina being a little low, but really there's not a lot of defensive tech here. We'll get to it. He's got a little, a little something, a little treat on the defense, but it's not something I would ever personally count on hitting. It's just a kind of cherry on top, almost feels like a win more or lose a little less mechanic, not something that's going to swing anything for you. We'll get to that in a second. Let's start as we always do. Let's get into these attacks. Let's start with his first attack. It is an energy attack. X-S-E Blaster. It is a range four, strength of five, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Bishop will gain power equal to the damage dealt. And a second clause here is after this attack is resolved, if the target character is within range three of Bishop, it gains the incinerate special condition. There's no wild trigger here. The only trigger is being within three, very similar to Cable's re-rolls on his basic attack. Yeah, this is an insane builder attack. It's really good. Like a mini Cable, because Cable's is range five. We're down to four here, but the guaranteed incinerate so nice i mean cables on the wild is great but this is almost better in some ways because you just you just know if you can get in three you're going to give incinerate guaranteed and then hopefully you build some power with a energy based builder attack which you know most characters don't like well you're gonna need that power i'll tell you that yeah you are (laughs) yeah absolutely and i'll read his next and final attack here chris return with interest it's physical area two Strength of seven, power cost of five. But is it physical? When this attack is chosen, before choosing a target, this character chooses whether the attack type is physical, energy, or mystic. When the attack is chosen, during the pay power cost step of the attack, so after you paid the five, Bishop may spend up to additional three power, add one die to each attack for each power spent this way. So you can you know, go up to 10 strength if you want to. And then it has a wild trigger of extreme force. After this attack is resolved, this character pushes the target character away short. The target character then gains the slow special condition. So absolutely amazing spender. Absolutely expensive. But the A2 is the key here. This has a very, very high ceiling. It's very explosive. A2 with that 10, 10 dice A2. Yeah, it could possibly be. I mean, I always give a best case scenario when it 
when we come around to these things. So do not think that this is, that this is something you're going to get regularly, but you can get three people in this attack. That's 30 attack dice. Oh yeah. I mean, you can get four. You right? could. Yeah. It's cool too, Chris, that we're seeing a, a mirroring of cable in some ways. We went from, you know, the long range blaster and then the Akani son now to the shorter range blaster to, to this. His attack suite is definitely very reminiscent of cable for yeah, sure. Which thematically makes sense. Right. But, it's interesting. I like these pushes. Of course you do, because the first thing I see <laughs> is damage potential, and the first thing you see is pushes. Mm-hmm. I see there's a world where I could, you know, go late in a round with Bishop, mm-hmm. move him to the midline, maybe that researcher, something high impact, right? Researcher in the gamma. And I mean, it's it's absolutely I, a move that. that could that could clear off the entire secure and, you know, Maybe possibly swing the game, win you the game. This is this is a high impact, late round attack. Yeah, and let's let's emphasize too the ability to change the type. Obviously, mm-hmm. you got to commit Huge. to that type for the round. So you're kind of you're going to look at the enemies you want to get into this and kind of see what's best for you. Certain teams, this will just be an amazing tool if you can get it to work. Where it's like, oh, I see a bunch of web warriors in a group. Okay, yeah, Mystic. Here we go. Right. So those are best case scenarios, but even worst case scenarios, just be able to choose your type and like mitigate a couple defense dice. You're going to do that every time, right? So, but then there's other scenarios where you're turning off ability. It's like I said, the web warrior thing. Uh, a couple of the web warriors are not getting spidey sense right against Mystic Peter. He's mastered it, so forget about that with him. But it's like layers and layers to it. Now let's get the worst thing out of the way. This costs five, can cost up to eight. This is insane. Like this is so expensive for a character that has something else he wants to spend power on. So Correct. There you go. Well, let's talk about that thing you want to spend the power on. It is an active superpower. It is absorbed energy conversion. It will cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature or an enemy character, both of size four or less, and within range two. Throw it medium. It's a once per turn superpower. Yeah, you're going to want to try to use this every round if you can. This is Bill Hulk's throw. Yep. I mean, best throw in the game, right? And I mean, again, I'm mimicking off Cable, right? For sure. With a good throw. Yeah. Good throw. Consistent Cables throw. is better. But Cables is better. Cables can't throw enemy models, but Cable correct. has just full jurisdiction of what terrain he throws every turn, which he's going to throw a piece of terrain every turn because of that. So another point against return with interest, because earlier I was like, oh, I see a bunch of pushes, but it's like now I, I see a guaranteed throw as control or guaranteed throws damage right i mean yep let's not let's not forget that like bishop is very threatening if you have a big character too because he can either throw your big character away or he can throw your big character into your little characters to get guaranteed five save a guaranteed five save is just it is the highest damage threshold in this game at a baseline statistics right so he's got options well, it's really nice to start having more of these pieces that can pull these big throws off against these these big kaiju models that really, I mean, it doesn't turn the tide or anything, but it does give you something to work with against them. And as you said, especially with all these Hulk models, because that's, that's a lot of damage incoming on your three threats every round, you know? Everyone needs a size four throw if they can right now. And if they don't have a size four throw, let's say like a web warrior team or something, you got to have a plan why you don't, right? And so, I don't know, especially a fighting team, I think Bishop's going to want to go in some fighting teams. Really good. But 
Let's talk about these innate superpowers real quick, mm-hmm. Chris, starting the with- first one's, yeah. This first one's really fun, but and this is the defensive tech I alluded to I earlier. It. It's it's really great. It's just not enough to keep him alive it, all the time. I still think he's a pretty fragile character. But this one is mutant energy absorption. When Bishop is defending against an attack for each wild in the defense role, Bishop may change one of the attacker's wild- critical or hit results to a blank this bishop gains one power for each die changed this way extremely high highs here one of my favorite abilities in the game yeah mystic armor of supreme strange super super awesome but how many you know you can't count on that it is a you'll go entire games without rolling a wild on bishop and your defense dice yeah it will just happen Oh, okay, absolutely. You're, you're going to go entire games of not seeing this mutant energy absorption trigger available for you. Now, the irony so, of this is this gets way better if you have defensive dice buffs like Cable's like Shield. Like Cable? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. I thought about that. Goodness Crazy. gracious. Especially when uh, you're on like six. six energy defense is a much higher chance of finding some, finding some wilds. I mean, that also comes into play with Professor X, like I was thinking. Now we've got a power generation yeah. thing going on. Yeah. So I think there's some stuff here with all these new mutants. It's not an immediately clear picture. I'll put it that way. Anyway, and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, we are. Sorry. We're going to return to it on our I'm, show. Yeah, I am jumping ahead there. But mutant energy absorption. I love it. Super awesome. Super fun. His best ability. But, but it's don't count on it every time. It is. It, it is. It is cherry, it is cake, it is dessert, it is not your meat and potatoes. Yeah, and if you're new here and you maybe you haven't played against a lot of Supreme Strange or anything, this is such a great ability, not only because of, you know, it's just better defenses, but I mean, you're blanking opponents' results in their Yahtzees they need, you're blanking opponents' wilds that they need to get their pierces and stuff. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So sometimes when you do get it, it nets more than one, right? Yes. Per, per one you do. And then on top of that, you get power from it, right? So it's also this kind of like, it's this machine that feeds itself. So, and you're all, you're going to have to ask yourself a lot of questions when you're attacking Bishop. And one of them is, should I even attack Bishop with my energy attackers? Oh yeah. Probably not. That is one of the uh, first thresholds in this game, you know, to getting to a competitive level is knowing when you're better off, maybe just passing and not attacking into that model. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, Bishop has a huge weakness, and here it is, Chris. Yeah. Overload. It's innate. At the start of the power phase, if Bishop has eight or more power, he suffers the damage. Now, I already mentioned he has some of the lowest health pool of a four threat, just being 11. So he has two glaring weaknesses. It's his health pool being lower and the fact that he can take damage at the start of the power phase after he's flipped over. So let's look at his backside. He's got five on the back. Well, now he might just have four. Yeah, that's pretty tough. That is tough, but when he's got to have a weakness here with all this power generation. Of course, he does, and it's just going to mean that you're going to need to be pretty careful about when you activate Bishop, which is not always easy because X-Men tend to have other characters that you need to be really careful about when you activate them as well. So we're putting together a puzzle here, and hopefully we can make it make some sense. And I say all this because he conveniently has an attack that can cost up to eight power. So Very that convenient. is that is pretty nice. So if you're going with him late in the round, you can kind of mitigate this a little bit, especially if all their heavy hitters have have kind of already gone. But 
it is it is dangerous flipping over to your injured side and then automatically being at four health if things did not go your way is pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always going to be a huge weakness he has and something you got to keep an eye on and watch closely. But to give him a little bit more security with his power and his survival rate, he has three immunities. And they're all good. Incinerate, poison, and stun. So poison and stun, his power is not being affected through those means. So you have to get him with judgment or something. Yeah. But then incinerate. Okay, so now his defenses are kind of set in stone. But I am still very scared he doesn't have damage reduction or anything like that. Um, not that he should Correct. thematically, but I'm just talking from a game state, a gamification of it. So that's Bishop. I think he's great. I think, you know, X-Force is already an amazing spot right now. And yep, he's slotting right in your X-Force. Time will tell with him in X-Men. I, I mean, not saying he's bad because something notable and one of my favorite parts about him we haven't mentioned yet is he's a medium base, medium mover. Oh, I think I said small base in the original. Okay. When we, we first started talking, so we can X-Men either do not have a lot of these. They have Beast, yeah. and now they have Bishop, and now they're about to get Iceman. But up until Bishop and Iceman. Well, I think I think that medium base, medium move paired with an immunity to incinerate is a pretty big deal. Yeah, for sure. We're also still scratching the surface of the new Storm leadership, but just yes. getting more medium base is really helpful. And let's not forget, Colossus just got recently upgraded to a medium mover as well. Correct. So there's just... I say that because I think he's probably really good in Storm because when his base hops, he gets more distance, you know, and he's also got that and people blaster. get more distance off basing off 100%. hopping off him as well. And he's got range attacks, right? So it's like there's layers to it. So it's, it's all good. I just time will tell where he actually goes because he is so fragile. Yeah, I just, you know, the, the mutants we've been painting with an incomplete picture for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and we're starting to get a little bit of fleshing out here. Like I said. They've got, I've said this off air many times, they've got a 10 year plan or whatever it is they said when they started this game. You better believe we're going to be getting some weird versions of these mutants before the end of this game. I hope so. I can't wait. I mean, I need wizard Iceman. Oh yeah. That level threat of Iceman. Well, speaking of Iceman, oh, let's I get need, right into I need him. the wizard hat on a model. Is you just need, what the, I need, you, need yeah. you need the model itself. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Not just Omega level Iceman, but. Now, he, he could be a two threat for all I care if I get the wizard hat on good. Well, speaking of Iceman, let's talk about Iceman Bobby Drake. He is a three threat character. His defenses are four physical, three energy, three mystic. He has a stamina of five and a medium move with a medium base. And on his injured side, he has a stamina of five, giving him 10. You know, he's a three threat, Chris, but he's fast. Yeah. He better be. <laughs> it's Bobby. He better be fast. So let's get into his attacks. His first attack is an energy attack called Freezing Blast. It's beam three, strength of four, power cost of zero. After each attack is resolved, Iceman gains one power, and on a wild, you'll give them slow. So what's cool about this is we did Human Torch this last year. This is like a Human Torch yep. gainer sweet situation. So just if you want to frame it through that, frame it through the Human Torch lens. I mean, it's quite literally almost the same. Except Original Human moving. Torch, everyone. Don't get yeah. too excited. Yeah, don't get too excited, but we are getting slow out of it this time. I love slow. It's absolutely crushing to uh, many characters in this game. So slow, good. Beam three, good. I'm into it so far. Yeah, beam three gainer is awesome, right? Yes. It just such high, high potential there. Yeah. So let's move on to his next attack. It is also an energy attack. It is chill. Range three, strength of seven, power cost of three. Here's the kicker. This is what you're paying for here. 
on a wild, you will trigger stagger. So all a wild enemy character is now staggered. That's huge. Hopefully you have a re- reroll or something on this, right? Something to give that. I think there's, I think up. there's some ways to make that happen. Yeah. But yes, seven dice, pretty decent chance of finding a wild in there. If you can throw some rerolls via affiliations or, or other means, you know, your Shuri's, your invincible Iron Man's, maybe a character coming up later, you know, it's cool. It is very cool. And I think it's going to be pretty, f- I'm a big fan of this character. I'm a big fan of this. He's solid. This MCP character, let me say, not just Iceman, the comic book character. I think this is a really good three threat. Personally, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. No, I think he's really good too. Let's let's continue. Let's learn about his superpowers. He has an active superpower called freeze and fade costs him two. We'll take an action to do action. This character immediately makes a, an attack action followed by a move action. This character counts as size five during this move action. Superpower can only be used once per turn. This character has hit and run, which we love to see. We know how good it is on characters like Star-Lord. Bullseye comes to mind, right? But what's interesting about his is he's a medium-based medium mover, and he has flight for this moment, but he doesn't have flight on his card, so it is like a... This is... It's it's a weakness of him not flying, having flight all the time, but they kind of got around it by giving him flight temporarily, which I, I think still love. I think it's an extremely elegant way to represent his ice slides. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not he's not always sliding and, and flying, although he's depicted that way often. But in terms of the game, you know, it's hard to give him flight as well. So they gave him this, which you're going to do. I don't know. I, th- I feel like you could use this pretty effectively to mess with line of sights and things like that as well. Yeah. Getting cover, right? Mm-hmm. If you need to. It, this is his main mode of play, was this action. You're going to, you're going to attack, freeze and fade somewhere, attack again in the place you end up where you want to be, right? It is a lot of hit and run type fighting which is what he needs because he's fragile absolutely but continuing on he has a reactive ability called ice slide costs two power during this character's activation when it begins a move action within two of another allied character of size two or less so keep in mind could be during this freeze and fade Iceman may use a superpower after the move is resolved place the allied character within two of its current position the super can be used only once per turn we love to see this ability we love to oh, yeah. see like medusa sam wilson Separate characters giving your characters movement. Bobby's is only size two, which thematically makes sense, but just getting someone up the table. Nothing wrong with that. Well, it's wonderful for some of your bigger characters that don't have action economy to just move them up the table. I mean, it's not going to work with She Hulk, but obviously, She Hulk is the with her special delivery. Oh, one yeah. of the things that we see this with the most in the game right now, and that is just getting her up to the center line. Without having used any of her actions for the turn. Yeah. It's an absolutely massive boon for your play. Opens up the possibility of double tacking with attacks with your bigger attacking characters. So being able to ice slide, for instance, your Colossus up a little bit. Yeah, just range might two. save him having to move. It's good. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's also really good mid game and late game to get models back on points. Right. Oh, After yeah. they've just, been displaced. Right. Yep. After a short push and, and whatnot great way to out of activation reposition them to scoring yeah yeah just get them right back where they need to be or even set up a future turn so it's solid it's not something i think you're going to do all the time with them i think you're always going to do freeze and fade with him but if you can afford it you're going to do it keep in mind this character doesn't have a 
a builder only has a gainer. So we're, we have perfect knowledge of what we can do, but we also are limited by what we can do because of that. He can, after the freeze and fade, he can beam and get that power back, right? Which is which is at the start of the freeze and fade and beam and get the power back. So I like it. But closing on his card, he has an innate ability called snap. When an enemy character ends a move action or attack action within two of this character, I also like the nuance of they added the attack action thing. Yeah, attacks, that's pretty nice. Attacks give you little steps and movements, right? Of Iceman, they gain the slow special condition. If the enemy character already has the slow special condition, they suffer one damage instead. This, this, is, this is it. This is good. This, this is, is very good. He is fragile, but if you force your opponent to attack into him, unless they spike and get rid of him in one go, they're going to have a bad time. They're going to now be slowed. They're probably going to have taken a damage, possibly two. Hopefully they were slowed before they even got to you. Have to kill him with range. Have to. Yeah. It's so cool that he just messes up melee characters. It's great. We've needed more of this yeah. anti-melee you know, melee kind of stuff in the game for a while because right now, you know, it's just, we've seen attrition running wild in the competitive sphere and that shades yeah. the whole game for everyone, right? So being able to counterattack some of this aggression with some defensive tech, some control tech. I think it's great for the game. Oh, I absolutely agree. The irony is that he just gets blown up by those teams. So it he is going to be very nuanced play. Like Chris said earlier, it's going to be a lot of line of sight blocking with Bobby and stuff, right? You're just, you're just going to have to do it that way and keep him alive. And just picking and choosing your spots. Yep. He's I very he's, similar to Human Torch. Yeah. I think he's probably a lot better on spread maps. Yeah. Just because he'll have more room to, to move. And he's fast. Yeah. Very fast. That's him. It's pretty simple. Slots right in those Web Warrior teams under Amazing Peter. Absolutely amazing. Where he just... He sure does. They, yes. You're just, you're just doing it right out the gate. And I'm sure he's going to have a lot of other places to arrive because he's got so much utility. He's such a great flex piece. He's not a piece you're going to play every matchup, every objective spread, right? But man, when he works, he, he works. I'm going to say I like him in wide A-Force yeah, quite a bit. I do too. I think that totally works. I, the the repositioning that he offers, he's not going to be starved for power. And A-Force is one of the most bodyguard-laden yes. teams that we've got right it. now. So it's going to keep Bobby protected to ensure that he is annoying your opponent way into the later stages of the game. Oh, man. I love it. Absolutely. Well, we got to close out with our final character today, Chris, before we get into tactics cards and... We've been, we've been waiting on this one. This was the last one that was revealed. A controversial reveal. Yeah. I don't know. Some some folks are a little, I don't know, got some feels about what they expected and what they got. Yeah, I could see that. I think he fits right in this 92 era quite well. Professor X. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I have, I have, uh, I have enough faith in AMG that I trust them with this stuff at this point. They're not a perfect company by any means, but they've always seemed to try to do the right thing. And I think this Professor X is going to be just fine. I agree. So let's talk about him. <clears throat> Professor X, Charles Xavier. He is a four threat model. His defenses are two physical, two energy and six mystic. His stamina is six on his healthy side and he's a medium move, medium base. And on his inner side, he has five stamina, taking him up to a total of 11. Of course, he's size two. What do you think, Chris? 
Well, I think that anytime we've dealt with these mystic characters, we've always got something weird going on with their defense, right? So I know that I'm an inch in something weird is in store for me with the six mystic and the twos, two energy, two physical. I am a little worried about only 11 health though. Agreed. It's interesting that he's like, his stats are very similar to Cassandra Nova, which, you know, come on, the theme is right. We said to kind of expect that. But her mystic is only four, but her energy is three. And she has a little bit more stamina, but she is a five threat. So I like how they just move stuff around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very, very similar. Let's get into his attacks because he does have three. And they're all mystic. His first attack is a mystic attack called Psychic Dart. Range four, strength of five, power cost of zero. Very cool. After the attack is resolved, Professor X gains power equal to damage dealt. And on a wild, you will trigger root. Once again, similarities with Cassandra Nova. Root I is love root. hard to come by. It's hard to come by. Range four builder attack. Great, Chris. Absolutely great. Let's keep going with his other attacks. And then we'll talk about him as a whole. His second attack is mental suggestion. Range three, strength of six, power cost of one. Excellent. After the attack is resolved, if you dealt one damage, you may advance the target character its speed. So this is a downgraded version of Cassandra Nova's best attack, which is hers is she just advances you. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But his is deal some damage, get to advance them, an amazing control tool. And his last and biggest spender attack, per se, is his Astral Duel, also mystic, also range three, strength of four, power cost of three. Add attack dice equal to the target's mystic defense, and the target character cannot reroll or modify defense dice during this attack. So if you're a mystic person, he's coming for you with this attack. Seems like a, an anti-mystic tool in a nice little four thread here. Right. I'm sorry, Convo. Convo just keeps taking hits. They like do, every man. Day. Like catching strays all the time. Rep- catching strays. High representation of energy attacks in the game right now, which they just completely melt to. High representation of throws in the game. They absolutely melt too. And then now we've got mystic hunters like Charles here. Like he's saying, no, I'm the best. I'm the best mystic fighter. Wild, man. It's, I can think of some things that need hunting more than convocation, but you know, we'll just see how things take shape over the, over the coming months. This is a pretty cool attack. His whole attack suite is pretty cool. It is just littered. It's littered with tools for situations and hard to come by in terms of MCP, you know, kind of powers with the advanced, the character's target speed, root on a wild, uh, dice equal to the mystic defense. These are all things we do not see a whole yeah. lot. I don't know. A rare, got a lot of rare stuff on here. I agree. I, I like the second one the most, mental suggestion, but just because we get to advance a model, like it's, it's very scary because he can like not consistently, fairly actively win points and mind control big models away from the fight, right? Which is, you love to see it. You just love to see it. You do love to see it. It's mental suggesting someone like, say, an Angela away long is just going to feel so good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into his superpowers. But before we get into his superpowers, let's get into his affiliation. That's right. We have a third uncanny X-Men leadership. That's great. Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Once per turn, when an allied character spends one or more power to use an active or reactive superpower, 
After that effect is resolved, another allied character may gain one power. So yes, Chris, we've some we've kind of mixed Steve and She-Hulk together. We did it. We did it. Congrats. So I think this is solid. Time will tell how good it actually is. Um, you are in control of it, which I like. Yes. You're not in control of Scott's because Scott's you have to deal damage. And then, you know, like Steve, you're just always in control, right? But in even a force, like your opponent has to attack, but you know, they have to attack in this game to like do stuff typically for the, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and also a force is maybe a little bit better in some ways because this is like, I'm spending power to use superpowers and then someone else is getting a benefit. So I've got to have power to spend superpowers. Correct. Based on what my superpowers cost. So layers of what you need to do. Right. With a force, it's just, you have your your health resource, and as that depletes, you get more power resource. So yeah, it's different. It's I different. think there are ways to juice each one of these, you know, ramp leaderships, and this one is no no different. I can you know got your back. Things like OG saber attack out Untamed of activation. Force. You know, yep. all cables adding dice to your ally def- defense totals rolled is. All of these things, cool reactive powers that you could be getting use of these out of activation for this affiliation. Yeah, so, you're saying like you're setting up, if I use a cable shield during your turn when you're attacking me, I can start thinking of what's my next activation going to be in setting that up. Correct. And it's like and now just, I gave Logan one more power. Right. Well, you're, and then you'll goes. get a power when Logan activates and you use his charge. Right. Yep. Put it back towards Cable Shield or something. Right. right. It's a lot like when people were juicing the original X Force leadership with a bunch of got your backs so that you could get more yes. use, get more roles out of the X Force. So yep. if you're doing these out of activation reactive superpowers, you're getting more power from the leadership. I agree. Yeah. It's you've got to have characters that can spin superpowers, right? So And you have to have superpowers that can be activated every turn. That's tough, right? That's, That's tough. absolutely tough. And what's interesting is I think this just gets better the higher threat X-Men you go, right? But what's interesting is like you just mentioned superpowers during your turn. Well, maybe immediately you don't consider like Domino or X-23 and an Xavier team, right? Because they've got stuff that's like reactive or they just don't do superpowers much in general. They do attacks, Correct. right? So you've got different lenses to look at through that for sure. And I think it's very interesting and we'll see how this goes. Also, I think it's a theme whim, Chris, because... I'm a big, I'm a big theme guy. You guys know I'm a big flavor guy, and I always try to figure out the designer's intentions of abilities and affiliations. And this one makes it just sounds like it, it is like Charles with his whole school and everybody's like working together, learning what they learned. You know what I mean from class, yeah. from working as a team. And someone else is getting juiced because someone else did something and they saw it happen. And it's actually very evocative of the '90s X-Men through that lens, which I absolutely love. Just kind of how Storms Hop is. Her using the weather to right. position people up the board, right? Also giving originally giving them cover, but now it's uh, defense dice because of the weather as well. So I think that's fun too to talk about the theme. But yeah, this is never going to be bad, right? But you do have to build certain X Men teams around this, which we have three different uncanny X Men leaderships. That's right. All three of these leaderships are screaming for very different play styles. That's the tough part. It's tough, tough and it's good. It's very good. It's very good. It's, it, is, it is a good problem to have, I do believe. But yes, it is a hard puzzle to figure out. Mm. Um, 
And like I said earlier, I don't think we're painting with a full picture yet. Absolutely not. Especially when we get more mutants in the future. Well, let's talk about Charles's number one way to spend power, I think. Reactive. Professor's Guidance costs X power. While another allied character within range four is attacking or defending during the modified die step of this attack, Charles may spend up to one to three power to use his superpower. For each power spent, the attacking or defending character may reroll one of its dice. The superpower can be used only once per turn. All right, X-Men have a Shuri now. Very nice. Yeah, that's this is this is great. And it's also this is this is kind of what I was expecting. Yeah, I it's thought Charles. he'd have some He's, some kind of mechanic like this. And it makes me wonder, do I now need to think about Charles for my X-Force? Yeah, for sure. Like that's definitely worth considering, right? Just to make those dice come online. It's also super cool that if you really wanted to, Charles could jump in some other non-mutant teams like Gunlines. And like yes. he, could, he could provide them some mystic variability, which they don't have. And he can also provide them rerolls for their team. Yeah, I mean, we just saw this on the new Iron Man. It's great on yep. him. And to see this now on a different character in this role, very good. But let's talk about his two final innates before we talk about Charles as a whole. Innate te- telepathic lock. When an enemy character targets Professor X with a attack, Professor X may use his mystic defense regardless of the attack type unless the attacker pays two power. So once again, we're in Ebony Maw Mysterio range here. The good love, old attack tax. Love to see it. It's and it's not annoying unless it is. And when it is, it really is annoying. Right. Cause then you're like, oh no, what a, what have I done? You know? Yep. And closing out his card, he has Omega level telepath. This character cannot be pushed or advanced by the effects of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. Always a great ability. It it is wonderful. He can still be thrown or placed. Not good for him. Being thrown. Very being thrown is very not good for this young man. Also, throwing into him is so bad. Like something being thrown he, into him. He's rolling two dice. Against a whatever auto save. Against the yeah, the four <laughs> automatic damage coming in from a, a size, size three, three terrain. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Size it's tough. So that's Charles's card. Obviously, we're gonna about talk tax cards in a minute where I think a lot of his kit's gonna come online. But yeah, honestly, a pure support leader for X-Men is super interesting, right? I think it's very interesting. I am very excited about it. I think, I think Nightcrawler does really exceptionally well with this leadership. I could see that totally, yeah. Well, he's going to be popping around all over the place. Amping everywhere. Mm-hmm. I also got to shout out, I love that Charles is in his classic chair and in the green suit. Green suit especially. I know he's had many suits over the years, but clearly this is the era that AMG chose. And it's that oh, yeah. iconic it's, cartoon look. It's the same era like we've said in this very program it's the same era for most of the mutants there are some that don't fit because they came out later or or they chose more iconic role or maybe they hadn't cemented this idea in quite as well yet but yeah i i really like how they're doing this i expect future waves to be very interesting and clearly from a different time frame absolutely no absolutely so yeah i think he's a great character. We'll see where he goes, Chris, in the future, but I'm very happy that he actually ended up being for threat because he's got some really big strengths and weaknesses. And I like that personally. I'm very happy that he's a four threat simply because we're going to be able to use him where we want more, more easily. Often, right. A lot of this, a lot of the times it's very easy to say he should be a five, he should be a six threat. And while I, partially agree with that statement i think for gameplay 
game game wise, this is very good. A lot less investment to be able to use such an iconic character. A lot less investment of thought, of time, needing a full roster, needing more models because he maybe models you don't have. It just because he's a sixth threat and he requires this, and that's the only way to win with him as a sixth threat. You know, I just I think this is a good way to take it. We'll get Dark Phoenix one day. We're going to get... Just, just wait. People. We'll get a sixth threat or a five threat Professor X eventually too, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I can totally see that. Well, Chris, let's talk about Professor X's first card if you want to guide us through that because... All right, let's got talk, some cards, right? That you can let's, play. Let's talk about Mind Wipe. This is a an uncanny X-Men reactive card. When another allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy attack or superpower... Professor X may spend three power to play this card. Professor X immediately makes the attack shown above, targeting the enemy character that made the attack. All right. Set attack. It is a mystic attack. It is called enough. Range? Not listed. There is no range. It just happens. Global. Power cost of zero, strength of three. This attack ignores range and line of sight. The target of this attack cannot be changed. So no bodyguards, no taunts, no taunts, no nothing. Add dice to this attack equal to the damage dealt to the dazed or KO'd allied character. This is anti-spike tech. It's so cool. It's very cool. One more clause. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains an activated token. If the target character... If the target character is active, its activation immediately ends. Right. So if this was like, say, their first action of the turn, killing one of your allies. Turnover. Immediately. No superpowers. <laughs> no tactics cards. Turns over. If they, If they, say, got your back and spike one of your models out, they just don't get to go this round. Yeah, you got to be careful, too. There are fringe superpowers that can kill models without taking a actions right like think of like throws throws or think of like juggernaut sliding into you mm-hmm. right and then it's like okay that was only one damage so the chance of getting this on juggernaut is low right from the slide but still that's a fringe situation where this could happen but i think obviously the most obvious version of this chris is a big character does a big attack that removes one of your models does four or five damage to them and then you you throw seven eight dice back at them with with charles and stop their turn mid-activation. It's really about I mean, the activation token. That's all this it's is It's huge. About. This is what? Anti-Cosmic Ghost Rider? If his first attack gets any damage through, you just get to end his turn. You don't necessarily need to wait for the big spike to hope That's for a true. spike into them as well. You can just end their turn. Yeah. The problem is it has contingencies where it's like your ally has to be killed. Yes. So your opponent could, they, they could be smart about it, right? They there could, are ways they, to play around this card. They can make sure to get the kill as their second action, for instance, Correct. right? And they don't, then you don't use it. Unless you just want damage on that character with Charles, right? Which you could totally do, especially if they're weak to Mystic, right? So theme, incredible. Global attack, incredible. I like that it's just a, Charles has this global, got your back, right? At the end of the day, even if he didn't get the activated token, he's got a global, got your back. That's cool. It's really cool. It's very thematic, like you said. It it just Gosh. fits. It makes sense. And it's a nice, really nice tool to kind of say show his power level. You know, maybe That's that true. four threat's getting to you. 
this tactics card is extremely powerful. <laughs> well, speaking of powerful tactics cards, let's talk about one more card that Charles can absolutely use, Cerebro. Ooh. Uncanny X-Men and active. So once again, you have to be X-Men again. During its activation, an uncanny X-Men character with at least one mystic attack and at least five mystic defense may play this card. So at the moment, it's only Charles, Gene, and Emma. And that that will change eventually for sure. But right now, there are three characters eligible to use this card. Which is already great, in my opinion, that we have three right out the gate. For the rest of the round, the character that played this card increases the range of its mystic attacks by one to a max range of five, adds one dice to its mystic attacks, add one dice to its mystic defense rolls. Additionally, this character's attacks do not require line of sight and ignore stealth superpower for the rest of this round. If you're playing Charles, I think this isn't an auto taking your five, but this is an auto taking your 10. And if you're playing absolutely. Gene and Emma, you're absolutely considering this because the end of the day, Chris, I mean, this is just catch a character running away, right? With an extract. Forget the whole like giving your, getting your, buffing yourself for the round. Just be able to see that black cat, right? Is great. Yeah. See that Miles, right? As they win the game with the extract they just took from you or something, right? So Correct. I think this is a great card and i love just the flavor too of you're hooking into cerebo and your mystic attacks and defense are just getting better for the round two for the whole round ignoring stealth that's the best ignoring part. ignoring cover Line that's so awesome man like that's, that's so awesome. that rocks i think that's so cool and once again amg knocking these themes out of the park i mean this is they you're hooking they into cerebro the theme they capture theme incredibly well because keep in mind if anyone is upset about charles being a four threat this is charles not necessarily hooked in cerebro i mean you're hooked in cerebro when you use this card but it's like hits him on the battlefield right? so mm-hmm. we know in the lore and in the canon which we'll talk about in our episode coming this year charles is very powerful without cerebro but he's on a whole nother level with cerebro right he is full omega level yeah and i think in 92 and 92 especially he's in this era he's not as powerful as he becomes no. shortly after this era it doesn't take long but yeah it's i think this is a great representation of the snapshot they chose perfect two amazing cards you're gonna want to try them with more. charles we've got, we've got more. more oh we've absolutely got more and we're, let's get into those now chris because let's hear about some more mutant centric all right let's start stuff. with a let's let's keep it charles absolutely xavier's dream this is an uncanny x-men reactive card When an allied character would suffer damage, any number of other allied characters may each spend one power to play this card. For each power spent to play this card, reduce the amount of damage the allied character would suffer by one. Obviously, this card is so awesome, and it's even better the wider your team is. Absolutely. It is just... This could... This is a game changer for X-Men. You're five five wide... Somebody just, just gets it. spiked for six. No, they just they only took two. Sorry. You didn't yeah, get I, rid of them. They're just fine. I think this card is incredible. I think it's going to be a staple of X-Men going forward this year. Yes. And I think it's one of those cards, too, where you're like, the type of X-Men I like to run is like fairly defensive. And this is one mm-hmm. more defensive tool in my belt. And now it's like, I have Sacrifice. I have Brace. I have Xavier's Dream. I have Exceptional Healing. I was right? going to say, this is kind of a mini Exceptional Healing, right? Better? In some ways, well, in in some ways, in fringe ways, in the sense that it's global, not tied to only healing factor. And, Correct. And 
a little bit more of an auto take because let's say there are games you're not playing Laura or Logan, right? Which do happen. Used, well, to, never, this card instead. used to never happen. Used to never happen, but you're taking that card now, right? You're taking yeah. this card over. And what's cool is it can replace exceptional healing too. Let's say you're running one healing factor character and you're like, you know what? I'm only running one healing factor character. Maybe I just bring Xavier's dream and it covers more bases because I only mm-hmm. have five card slots, right? So I think it's absolutely amazing. I think it's going to be the winner card of this group for X-Men players because X-Men is so fragile right now, especially after we lost Storm's cover. And so this is a great tool in our tool belt. All right, let's move on to the next one. Untapped potential, unaffiliated and active. If it is Iceman's activation, Emma Frost may play this card. All right, we're already very limited. We have to have two characters here. Yes, yes, yes. During this activation, superpowers and attacks used by Iceman may spend power from either Iceman or Emma Frost. Attacks made by Iceman this activation add one die to their attack rolls. Additionally, during this activation, Iceman may use superpowers on his stat card any number of times, even if they say they can only use be used once per turn. Very cool. This is, this is extremely cool. I don't know how useful it is. I don't know how many how many teams are going to be built around Iceman and Emma Frost. But I will say lore wise, this is absolutely on point. Yeah. We will, we will get to that in, in their episodes, but trust me, Emma Frost knows things about Iceman that no one else does. And his potential is one of those things, man. So this card is representing that interaction, that major character defining interaction they've had before. And I think that's wonderful. AMG is very good about giving us cards that capture these kind of things. So well done there. I think this is a very good card. If you're going to be using Iceman and Emma, I just don't see that happening a ton. It is unaffiliated. So it does, it is able to be used in Hellfire. So absolutely. That's That's the biggest shout, I think. And maybe we'll have a future in this game where we have more of an attrition based Hellfire. Not, not, Not at the moment, but maybe this slots right in that team where it's like, Iceman's getting to do a bunch of bigger beams. He's getting to do his hit and run twice, right? I think those could still all be used as control features, though. Given oh, that his sure. beam hands out slows, you know, b- him being able to use that hit and run that count gives him flight essentially twice, twice. Yeah, these are, these are good things. But like it I gives said, him one super turn, which is awesome, where he gets to an ulti. Yeah, it's move. his ulti. Yeah, it's his ulti. He gets a double move and double beam. Pretty good. That's pretty good. He could also place people he could. a lot if he's powered up. But that's, once that's again, lot. these are all very, very, nothing has gone wrong. Everything has gone my way. Best case scenario. <laughs> You'll have to actually try to in- engineer these more than you will just run into them. So. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, fun card. Maybe not a competitive card. Well, let's continue with the fun cards here and more named character cards, Chris, starting with Hold Still. It's unaffiliated and an active action. So you can play this on any team that Shadow Cat's on, but you will take an action to play this card, which is quite possibly our first in the game that we've seen that has the action board printed on it. I think so, yeah. Other ones have said you can perform this attack and then they'll explain whether the attack is an action or free. But this one's, you are taking an action playing this card. So interesting. Shadow Cat may spend three power to play this card. Choose an enemy character within three of Shadowcat. Place Shadowcat within one of the chosen enemy character. Shadowcat now makes the attack shown above on the chosen character. Phase disruption. It is a range one attack. Good news, you're already range one. 
Strength of six, power cost is zero. Got some cool wild triggers. First one is one wild, Chris, nerve damage. Before damage is dealt, the target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. Two wilds you're going to get after the attack is resolved, place the target character within one of this character. So Shadowcat got a steal. Shadowcat got a steal. Shadowcat got a place. And a place of the enemy potentially. Yeah. So this could be massive, right? This is cool. This is very cool. This is a teleport to the objective, the extract holder that is sitting on a back point. It is hope. Now we're hoping for two wilds within six dice. That's pretty Mm. tough. Yeah. But if you get them, they are now dropping their extract. You're going to pick it up. You're now going to place them within one. Hopefully that's going to get them off the point. This is a major victory point swing. If it works out properly, um, If you use this at the beginning of your turn, you've still got an action and some superpowers to play with. So to move away, maybe. Yeah, maybe just depends on how the attack goes. Right. But I like it. Yeah, you've got options. I think it's good. I think it's worth being tried to see if it can work, see if it's worth being in your five on a competitive level. But I think it's got a little bit of juice. I really do. I do, too. And it's cool to see kind of like a black cat rhino robbery thing for for X-Men. Right. And just in general, because they don't have it. But closing out. The last card of this set, Faithful Companion, it's unaffiliated and reactive. When an allied shadow cat or magic is dealt damage by an enemy attack or superpower, after the effect is resolved, she may play this card. The chosen character that played this card immediately makes the attack shown above, targeting the enemy character that dealt damage. So we get Guardian Dragon, range this is, unlimited. Yeah, this, is, this is our representation of Lockheed in-game. Yeah, because we've already got... This is his ulti, right? This and we, is and we, this is we got his attack on her card. And I love that we have his attack on her card, but I love that Magic is able to play this too. I agree. Because I you know, Lockheed Lockheed's close with Magic too. It's pretty cool. So Guardian Dragon range of line through it, nothing. That's two Global. globals today. Wow, this is That's getting right. wild, dude. Strength of 5, power cost of 0. The attack ignores range and line of sight. And on a wild, you're going to get incinerate. Now, this is only five dice, but it is a global gotcha back with five dice that can get, give incinerate. What's not to love? I definitely think it's a card that, like, tons of fun. We'll see how much it comes into competitive play, but I mean, what's in your, if you got magic another and attack, shadow attack, yeah, in your list, it doesn't, and it doesn't require power to play, and it doesn't require X Men. Correct. Yeah, it's so you could have a, like magic and shadow cat and combo, right? One hundred percent, and I yeah. think you should think about doing that. Yeah, so it's cool. Probably the weakest of this bunch, but uh, some of the best art of this bunch. Man, I love it. The art is very good. Yeah, I mean, we got Lockheed just on defense here, shooting the fire. I love it. But do not hurt his friends, is what he's saying. No. And Lockheed's a pet Avenger, so don't mess with him. Not one. Lockheed is the best Avenger. That's just (laughs) how it is. (laughs) Oh, very exciting, Chris. So that's all of our cards today. Of course, we've covered shadow king on a previous episode and we're going to cover him again soon in the future oh yeah and back to nightcrawler and i'm very happy that we didn't we stayed off nightcrawler we did a good job chris because we're both very excited about him i, I mentioned him once with professor yeah, x's we mentioned him but you know we did good we did good and i cannot wait for his episode but yeah it's fun to return to the news it's fun to talk to mutants there's a lot of untapped potential here quite literally and there's a lot of a lot of puzzles to be unraveled yeah there's a lot to figure out here i think just right out the gate bishop's gonna make the biggest splash and i think that's fine do you think he's the long-term 
winner here? Do you think he's the one we see the most? Or do you think he gets phased out by another four four threat that comes Ooh. out? I think if we it, can keep him alive, yeah, he stays around the most. But that requires puzzles. That requires work. That requires maybe Colossus, right? That requires... Maybe more. Yeah, right. Uh, so honey, honey Badger is always good for that kind of stuff, too. Oh, man. Two more X-Force characters. <laughs> that are what do you know? What do Sorry. You know? <laughs> Sorry. X-Force just is having a moment right now. It's okay. Well, it's... They were, were just reviled for so long. It's okay that, and that it's not well, like they're oppressively good. They're just now actually competitive. Yeah, they're they're one of the best attrition teams in the game, though, which is yeah, which is a very great. good spot to be, which very where they fun. should be. And I like that, like now, Bishop can push out mm-hmm. four threats they might have been splashing. Right? I yeah, Bill might not be required anymore. I don't think so. I think you just play Bishop and go to town. And let's also not forget. X-Force also has Sneaky Sis. And that gets around one of business. That helps Bishop his, a lot. That helps him a lot. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, Iceman, probably slotting right into our web warriors like we talked about. And then Charles, we're going to start trying with Charles and X-Men, see what he does, right? And see how it works. Yeah. See this new era of X-Men, what it looks like. I think we already said our piece about Shadowcat and Nightcrawler. Yep. I think they're really good. And we're going to see them in so many places. So, Yeah. We're just we just got we got a lot to test, a lot to have fun with, and we're gonna we're gonna cover it here on the show for you guys and do that very thing. And obviously, Chris and I love mutants, so I mean it's not gonna be hard to do for us, you know. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. It some of these we've got a lot of big lore heavy hitters coming up, so it's gonna be an interesting time. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of these all these models are coming out for Adepticon. So I we guess, might learn yeah. a lot quickly. I've got to, yeah, I've got to uh, reevaluate my teams, don't I? Absolutely. Yeah. Get some, get some testing in. Yeah. Get get some pending. So, well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been really fun. We've got to tell the place you can find us online. So Furious Finest is supported by you, the listener, our wonderful patrons. You become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Of course, if you want to support us by following us on social media, that would help a lot. Follow the show on X, the Furious Finest cast, Instagram and Facebook at Furious Finest. And you can email us at furiousfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out a lot. You guys continue to show up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And it means a lot. It's awesome. And it's constantly humbling. We absolutely just adore you guys for it. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, help spread the word. Rate, review, subscribe. Get more people in and get more people listening to MCP content. All good things. Absolutely. You can find me and Chris several spaces online. If you want to engage with us, you can find me, Jesse, at all the same place at Jesse Aiken. That's J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. You can find me on X, Instagram, Discord, Longshanks, and check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint show. Hello there, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast, everywhere podcasts can be found. And uh, yeah, a lot of Star Wars this year as well, because AMG is back in full swing. Chris, where can I ever find you? You can find me on Discord. I am Strong Style on there. Chris Finest in all the MCP Discords that I'm in. Feel free to message me. I am not always good at participating in good and big group Discord discussions. I'm actually very bad at it. So I'm very serious. My DMs are open. I would love to talk to you. And that's for listeners, other content creators, whatever. I don't care. I like talking to MCP. You can check me out on Orange Futures, an NBA podcast where I make dumb jokes about the NBA. Awesome. Well, you guys should do it. Until the next news update. 
Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Thank you.